Hey guys, I'm Danny. I'm talking with real people about real things, all while being authentic and unapologetically ourselves. And this is Totally Taboo. Hey guys, I am doing a solo podcast today. Um, I have a few things I wanted to talk about, just a few things that I've been experiencing in my own life that I feel like do not get talked about enough, and I, you know, want to talk about it. Um, Something that I'm struggling with personally at this time in my life is I'm having a really hard time choosing me. Um, please let me know if that's you, you know, I mean, I think, I think at one point everybody struggles with choosing themselves, but you hear about it a lot with women, um, who are moms and wives. And that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I've always been the type of person who wants to take care of others and like, I'm just a thoughtful person. (laughs) let's toot my own horn over here. Um, but no, for real, like I, I always want to do something for my husband first or my kids first. Um, my thought process is, um, well, my kids, you know, they depend on me. They can't do everything themselves. So I have to take care of them first. Um, and then with my husband, my thought process is, well, he's at work all day long. He is, working to provide for us and he's stressed and he's overwhelmed and he's got a lot going on. And so like, no, I I don't think that I should be worrying about me first. I should be worrying about him because he can't take care of things outside of work as easily as I can. Now, as much as all of that is like valid Um, something that I've learned through therapy, um, quick little like rewind here. Um, last year at this time, I got really depressed for a few reasons that I'm not able to share yet. Um, not because of me, because I haven't gotten permission from other people. So, um, I got really depressed though. My family was going through a lot and I, just, I did not handle it well. Um, it kind of shook our world and it's, uh, it was really hard for me. So a year ago I got really depressed. Um, like struggling to get out of bed, um, struggling to, I didn't get ready. Um, also part of that was, um, actually, you know what? Maybe it wasn't a year ago. I think it was like a year ago in February. Yeah, it was. I broke my wrist in February please don't ask me how that happened. It just did. It's quite embarrassing. Um, But I broke my wrist and I literally could not do anything. I couldn't even budge, like move it even like a tiny bit. It hurts so bad. Um, So that included, I could not wash my own hair. I uh, could hardly shave my legs. I could not do my hair because I couldn't hold a brush or a blow dryer or anything. I was so depressed. So that on top of the things that my family was going through really, really 
And honestly, now that I say that out loud, it sounds like all petty little things like, oh my gosh, you broke your wrist, you couldn't do your hair, boo-hoo. No, like I don't know what it was, you guys. I was so depressed. And I'm sure it was also, you know, just the fact that I felt like, I don't know about you. When I get ready for the day, I feel better. When I do my hair, I feel better. When I throw some makeup on, I feel better. So when I'm not able to do that and I look like a homeless person, um, I don't feel so hot. And then obviously on top of that, the things that my family was going through really, really made it hard to be happy. Um, I was constantly stressed, constantly worried. Yeah. So I started up going to therapy again. I have the most amazing therapist. Um, I'm hoping and praying one day I can get him to do this with me. I have not asked him yet. Um, I'm sure he would, but I'm not ready to share my awesome therapist yet. Um, anyway, so I started seeing him again and he asked me a lot of questions. What I like about this therapist and what I feel like everybody needs to look for in a therapist is not a therapist that's just going to listen to what you're saying and then tell you, oh yeah, you're depressed or, listen to what you're saying, and only give you tools to help. This is the thing. You can hear something over and over again. You know, I heard from Curtis, which is my husband, if you don't know me well enough already. Curtis would always tell me, Danny, you need to take care of you. You need to go out and take care of yourself, whether it's go get a pedicure or go to the gym or Go do something that you enjoy or what you've been wanting to do. You know, I just, he's been telling me that for so long. And because of, you know, the mom guilt, the wife guilt, I just never felt like I had time to do that. So when Curtis was telling it to me, <clears throat> it didn't click for me. Um, You can hear something, you can hear somebody saying something, but if it doesn't resonate with you, or if you don't come up with that on your own in some way, it doesn't click. So what I like about my therapist is that he guides you. He asks you questions. Ah, he's sneaky, but he's great. He asks you these sneaky little questions that he knows what you're going to say, and he's guiding you to come up with that realization on your own. And so it's kind of cool because every time I'm in there, I, I like laugh because I'm like, okay, here I am seeing this therapist and, you know, waiting for him to tell me things of, you know, like, hey, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to work on. This is what you're feeling. This is whatever. But it's funny because I talk almost the whole time and then he asks these questions and makes little comments that guide me to me answering my own questions. And it kind of makes me laugh because in a sense, you are your own therapist. He's just guiding you through it, which you guys, it's freaking rad. It, it makes things click in a way that like you're, you're um, motivated to change, right? So like if somebody says, oh, you need to um, go to the gym, that helps with anxiety. If you don't realize that on your own, you'll go to the gym even if you don't want to. And the only thing you're thinking about is I don't want to be here. Well, when I get guided to my answer of what's going to help me or what I need to do or what my higher self believes I need to do, then all of a sudden it clicks and I'm like, 
motivated. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's the answer. That's it. Why did I not think, oh my gosh, like, okay, how are we going to do this? Let's make a plan. Let's do it. Let's go, go, go. And I'm like ready. But I don't, and maybe this isn't how it is for everybody, but for me, I don't get that motivation, that realization, the resonation, unless I get there myself or with a little bit of help from my therapist. I will not get there just because you told me that. And that's how it's been ever since I was little. My dad always said, learn from my mistakes. I can't learn from your mistakes. That's not learning. I had to, oh yeah, you said that that's not the way to do things. I want to try it. I want to see for myself. And I made a lot of mistakes growing up, but they taught me so much and it literally shaped who I am. So yeah, once you realize it on your own and you get that motivation to make the changes in your life so that you can be the best version of yourself or be the happiest that you can be, all of a sudden things start to shift and you start making those changes. Now, I am known to make a change and then I kind of get bored, right? Like, I want to know everything there is to know about something I'm interested in. But once I like have dove deep into the heart of what I'm trying to learn, I get bored and then I shift and want to learn something else. Um, very much so ADD in that way. Um, but once you can make that shift and you make those changes in your life and you start to see that, you know, you're, better than you were before you're happier than you were before you're more energetic than you were before maybe you're you know physically healthier healthier than you were before it's not taking one step forward two steps back at that point it's taking two steps forward maybe a half a step back when you decide you wanted to shift and try something else because once it clicks for you that you need to grow to be happy you're always going to be making decisions to move forward. So for me, because I'm ADD as hell, I decided, you know, I want to go do therapy. And then I got bored of therapy. And then I started listening to podcasts. But then I got bored of podcasts. Then I started listening to audiobooks. Then I got bored of audiobooks. And I was like, hey, I should make my own podcast. Hopefully I don't get bored of this too. But each thing that I've chosen to do has bettered my life. So, yeah, maybe I take one step back, but it's because I want to try something else. Okay? So I'm kind of in that spot again where I've taken one step back. And a lot has happened within the last month or so. Um, nothing crazy, just little things that just shake my world. Um, one being a trip. We took a trip to California, and you guys, like, oh, my gosh. Routine is so critical in my life, which I hate to admit because I hate routine, but because it's just so repetitive, right? And I get bored. But truthfully, routine is so important in my life. So here I am having my routine. Then my husband's like, hey, let's go on a trip to Disneyland. And I'm like, all right, dope, let's go. Then we go, we come home. My routine is shot. All of a sudden, I've got like 18 loads of laundry to do, which means I can't do what I would normally do on that day, you know, whatever. And everything kind of gets torn apart, and I suck at getting back to it. Suck. 
Like once I fall off the wagon, I fall off hard, get knocked out. And by the time I wake up, the wagon is 20 miles ahead of me. I suck at getting back on the wagon. I'm working on it. At least I can admit it, right? So that's where I'm at. I kind of broke down yesterday and was crying to Curtis and was saying, like, I don't know how to tell you that I need you because you have so much going on right now with work and just, you know, whatever. And I feel selfish telling you that I need you. And let me tell you really quickly the key to any relationship. There's two parts. There's a door and there's a key. Okay. Communication is that door. Um, that door opens to a healthy relationship, but it would be too easy for that door to be unlocked, right? So that door is locked and the key to open that door is vulnerability. And people don't tell you about that. Everybody just says communication is key. No, communication is not key. You can communicate all you want, but if you're not being vulnerable about like while you're communicating, you're not going to get anywhere. So communication is the door, but vulnerability is the key to unlock that door. And then if you're vulnerable and you choose to communicate, which is essentially opening that door, you're opening the door to a better life, not just relationship with someone, but with yourself. It's crazy what your brain does when you get vulnerable with yourself. Start admitting things to yourself that you didn't want to admit before. Or, you know, going down rabbit holes of your own brain to figure out why you are the way that you are. Or, you know, what makes you struggle with this and that. Or, you know, what finally facing a trauma that you've experienced. So I have learned pretty quickly. I don't know. Maybe it's quickly in my head. But Curtis is like, no, not quickly. I have learned that I have to be vulnerable. Um, Curtis was in rehab. Years ago, he's coming up on three years sober, you guys. I mean, yes. Um, but when he went to rehab, um, he went into rehab, my being my husband, and he came out being my high school sweetheart, the man I fell in love with in the beginning. And that was freaking amazing. And so he learned how to be vulnerable. He learned how to communicate and he opened that door to a better relationship with himself The problem was I wasn't there yet. You know, I had some things that I had to heal from, from him being on drugs and stuff. And so I hadn't gotten there yet. And never did I think that I had healing to do. I thought the recovery was his and only his. Never did it cross my mind that the recovery was also mine. Um, And so it took me a minute. You know, we went to couples therapy to kind of get through and um, reestablish our new life of him being sober and getting back to the roots of a healthy marriage. Um, But then we kind of hit a point where we're like, okay, so we're doing couples counseling and us as a couple, we're pretty good. But like us on our own, how are we doing? And he was doing great, you guys. But it was me that I realized like, I'm not, I'm not okay. I'm completely dependent on him. At this, at this point, I was so dependent on him. And it's because I couldn't depend on myself. I didn't trust myself. I didn't believe in myself. I didn't think highly of myself. As a matter of fact, I didn't think of myself at all. So 
I started going to therapy on my own and learned pretty quickly that you can communicate all you want, but until you open the door, you're not going to get anywhere. And the only way to open that door is with the key, which again is vulnerability. So that's where I was at the other night. I told him, I don't know how to tell you I need you. I'm working on finding the right words and the right emotions that I'm feeling at the moment. But I'm like angry. I'm sad. I'm anxious. I'm depressed. I'm I'm every feeling. And let me tell you something. Listen, listen, listen. Because I think this is the biggest thing I hear from people. How can I feel so many emotions at one point? At one, in one moment, how can I feel so many emotions? And people start to think they're crazy. So they think they have to like narrow it down to one emotion. Let me tell you something. You don't. It is totally normal to feel all the emotions all at the exact same time. Now, it sucks. It's confusing. And for me, it used to make me feel like I was psycho. Um, but I don't feel that way anymore. I feel more like aligned with myself when I can feel that. And I can say, holy crap, like I am allowing myself to feel all of these emotions in a healthy way. Like you guys. You're supposed to feel. Why do you think we have feelings? We're supposed to feel. So I told him, I am feeling it all. I don't know what I'm feeling. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I need, I need you. I don't know what else to say right now. That's as vulnerable as it's coming out. I just, I need you. And we sat down and we were watching a show, um, we actually really enjoy watching documentaries on benzodiazepines because it's the drug um, of choice for Curtis at that time when he was using. Um, and it's fascinating to us to hear all these things and see that other people have been through what he went through. And we learn a ton about the brain and how we metabolize these medications and what they do to our brains, long-term, short-term withdrawals, all of it. We just learn so much. So it's kind of cool. So we sat down, we were watching one. Um, and I'm going to find the name of it because I feel like everybody needs to watch it. Um, anyway, we were watching it. And at one point, this mom got on and was talking about how she just, Felt like she, in a sense, lost herself. And she didn't know how to do things for herself anymore. It's part of motherhood. It could be a part of really womanhood or just being a freaking human. But for me, that resonated with me because I never felt that way until I was a mom. I didn't feel that way until I realized that there is this tiny little human in my arms that literally can't feed themselves, can't go to the bathroom themselves, can't make themselves happy. Like they depend on me and my hell, you guys, the pressure of that, like that baby's life and happiness and growth, stability, physical and mental health, it all was on my shoulders I felt pressure and I felt like I had to be perfect. 
perfect. Now, I live in Utah and uh, <clears throat> feel like there's quite a bit of pressure in general to be a perfect mother. Um, I'm sure all around the world there's a pressure, but I feel like, especially in Utah, there is a special kind of pressure. And I think that pressure stems from the culture here, which is the LDS culture. I am not bashing any religion or anybody who is a part of the religion. I am just speaking from my own experiences and my own thoughts. The church made me feel like I had to be perfect in every way. And then when I became a mother, then I felt like I had to make my life perfect for my daughter and for my husband. I felt like it was all on my shoulders. So what do you think that does to somebody? Now, here's a little like tidbit of information that I never thought about until maybe, I don't know, maybe three years ago. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the pressure that men feel once you have a baby. Think about it. Stop and think about it. I know women, I know some women are probably thinking, are you kidding me? Can you even believe the pressure that I'm feeling after having a baby? Yeah, dude, I can imagine. And it's a lot. But stop and think. You just have to keep, not just, sorry, take that out. You have to keep that baby alive, which yes, that can be hard. That man has to go out into the world and make enough money to provide for that baby and not just that baby, for you too. He's not home. He doesn't get to sit and enjoy the beauties of this baby. He doesn't get to sit and enjoy the beauty of you being a mom. He has to be home or he has to be out of the home making money so that you can take care of that baby. So that baby can have you raise it and love it and all of the things. Even if the child's in daycare, do moms who have babies in daycare do not think that motherhood is lesser for you because it's not. And you are feeling probably both of those pressures. Having to make sure that that baby is healthy in every way, yet also having to go out into the world and provide for it to make sure that you have enough money to give that baby what it needs. That's a lot of pressure. So I just, I don't know. As a mom, I feel so much pressure. It's like, what can I do, right? My therapist has always told me to take myself on a date. And I did that for a while. I would take myself to lunch and then I would go and do something else. A few times um, I had gone and got um, the vitamin IVs, you know. Um, sometimes I have gone to Purify Wellness, which is like a salt cave. If you haven't been there, I'm going to put all the information in my Instagram so that you guys can go there. Because it's truly the best. Um, and then one time I took myself to a movie, which <laughs> it's funny because... I was so scared to do that. Why? I don't, I don't know. But I was so afraid to do that. But it was probably one of the coolest experiences. Like, you guys, I used to feel bad for the guy who would be in the movie theater by himself. Absolutely not anymore. I'm going to be looking at that guy and thinking, you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. Good for you, dude. Enjoy. So nice to be alone sometimes. And then life 
gets in the way. Work gets in the way. Kids get sick. I get sick. Um, you know, my house is a disaster and I have to do a bunch of laundry or whatever. I'm telling you, if something throws a wrench in my routine, I'm done for. So life got in the way recently. And I'm having a hard time getting back to what I what I need to do and where I need to be and how I feel the best that I feel. I'm lost. I know, and here's the thing. This is the hardest part now is I know what I need to do. But I don't know if you've ever been depressed, but when you are in a state of depression, the last thing you want to do is what you need to do. Isn't that weird? You have the answers right in front of you, yet you literally despise those answers like it's a freaking snake on your front porch. Like you would never, well, I would never go on my front porch if there is a snake on my front porch. Well, all of my answers to fixing this are right in front of my face, yet I don't want to do them. I don't even want to get dressed. I for damn sure don't want to do my hair. And then I just ask myself, like, what is wrong with me? So I continue going to therapy. I'm doing EMDR therapy right now, which is um, pulling those traumatic events that are filed away in your brain up to your frontal lobe so that you can reprocess them. And it's been amazing. And I've learned a lot of tools on how to help my depression and how to help my anxiety and different things, yet I don't want to use them. I don't want to. I don't even want to eat. I don't want to cook, which is weird. I love to cook. I don't want to cook. Why? I can just tell you this. If it wasn't for my freaking awesome human being of a husband, I don't know that I would have the desire to get through it. Here's the thing. If you don't have a significant other who is picking up the slack when you're struggling, I think it takes some people a little bit longer to get back to that. To that point of, I can do this on my own. That's why I love being married. There are times where Curtis is not his 100%. So I pick up that 10% that he's lacking. And, you know, I carry him for a little while. And there's times where he picks up my 50%. Because (laughs) when I go down, I go down hard, okay? And he carries me for a little while. And that's just how awesome relationships are. Now, I don't, I can't speak from experience on how to pick myself back up when you don't have a significant other because I have never been in this position being single. Never have I ever been in this position while I've been alone. Now, I haven't really ever been alone. I've always had Curtis or my parents. Um... But I have a little brother who's single and he's going through some major life changes and growth moments. And 
It's funny. I'm actually texting him right now about an apartment that he's looking at moving into. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, yes. Like, look at you taking the next step in your life. You're wanting to move out. You're wanting to start a life for yourself. And that's amazing. Even with everything that he's been through. And you guys, if you've known what he's been through in the last few months, you'd be so proud of him like I am. And I think of that and I think, okay, well, he's doing it. You know, it it may have taken us really begging and pushing him to make some changes, but he did it. He did it. So why can't I do it? If he can do it, I can do it. And I say that about, like, I think about Curtis all the time too. Like, the withdrawal symptoms that Curtis experienced would make you sick, literally. And I had to watch him go through some of the most terrifying things. And I always look at him and think, if he can do it, I can do it. If he can go through that hell, and you guys, it was hell. If he can go through that hell, I can get through this because this is not hell. I've seen hell. I've been close to hell. I felt the heat from hell. I have pulled my husband from hell. I know what hell is. I'm not in hell. I'm in a bad spot. I'm in a bad moment. I'm in a bad phase, but I'm not in hell. If he could get through hell, reaching for my hand, and I helped pull him out the last 10 feet. If if he could do that, why can't I do this? So this morning consisted of me sitting on my phone, looking at the eggs in the fridge, thinking I should make some eggs, maybe have an omelet or some eggs and toast, but then thought about actually cooking and thought, I don't want to do it. So I haven't even eaten today, and it's 11 o'clock. It consisted of me taking a shower, which was good. And I even did my hair. And then I just got this overwhelming feeling that I need to go spill it all out on a podcast. Because I know that there's somebody right now listening who's probably in the same boat as I am. Who's probably asking themselves, what's wrong with me? Why can't I do this? Or I can't do this. How am I going to do this on my own? How am I going to pull myself from this spot? Or maybe you're not feeling that. Maybe you're the new mama looking at her beautiful baby and then thinking, as much as I love this beautiful baby, I miss me. And I don't even know who me is anymore. Maybe you're the mama of four. Maybe your youngest is 10. Maybe your youngest is 20. Maybe you're not even a mom. Maybe you're just a woman who's working really hard. Maybe you're not working really hard. Maybe you're just a human being trying to be on this earth and just be happy and healthy. And maybe you're thinking to yourself, like, I feel like there's more to life than this. There is. And the biggest piece of advice I can tell you, the biggest thing I've learned from my 31 years of life, is if you're not growing, you're stagnant. And if you're stagnant, you're not happy. 
you're comfortable. If you're comfortable, you're not really as happy as you can be. Stepping out of your comfort zone, my God, that's hard. That is hard. Being comfortable is easy. Stepping out of that comfort zone is hard. But once you do, tell me if you know what this means or if you've felt this before. That feeling on the outer edges of your stomach that kind of cramp into the middle when you know you're stepping out of your comfort zone and you're scared. You're nervous, but that crampy little feeling in your stomach is it's telling you, back up, dude. You're not want you don't want to do this. You don't want to do this. But yet your heart is fluttering. And you can feel joy. Maybe the adrenaline too, but joy. And so you do it. You just do it. Maybe it's that dance class you've been wanting to try. Or maybe it's asking somebody on a date that you've been keeping an eye on. Maybe it's starting a new class or talking to a new neighbor. But then you feel joy and excitement. And I always tell my kids, and they always tell me they don't want to do something, they're nervous. I say, yeah, but listen to your body really quick. Why are you nervous? Because if it's really something you didn't want to do, you just wouldn't do it. Nervous. No, nervous isn't scared. Nervous isn't the answer. No. Nervous is the answer. Oh, yes. Because you want to do it. There's a part of you that's scared, but there's a bigger part of you that's excited. So I've learned I have to keep growing. So I listen to podcasts. I read. No, actually, I don't read. I actually hate reading. I listen to audiobooks. And that helps me grow even just a tiny bit on a daily basis. If you haven't already, there's a book called Green Lights. It's by Matthew McConaughey. And yes, for all you ladies, he is the one reading it. Oh, it's such a good book. But he helped me realize there are so many experiences in your life waiting for you. You just have to give it the green light. And some of these experiences that he talks about, you're like, you went where? Because of a dream you had? Like, wait, what? But he literally followed his actual dreams, you guys, to a jungle. You're telling me he wasn't nervous? He didn't have that gut-wrenching feeling of like, oh, dude, turn back. Don't do it. I'm sure he did, but he also had an overwhelming feeling of yes. Yes. He learned to listen to his body listen to his intuition, his higher self. And he made choices that like scare me to even think about making for myself, but he did it. And he's happier because of it. So I don't know, maybe, maybe this episode is not for any of you. Maybe this episode was supposed to be for me. Maybe I needed to hear my own voice say the things that I need to do out loud. Maybe I needed to know that I have people out there who feel the same way as I do. Maybe maybe I needed to feel like I'm being held accountable. 
I mean, I'm coming on here being vulnerable with everybody. Maybe I need to be held accountable for the things that I need to be doing to make myself happier. Maybe this was for you. If this was for you, I'm thankful that you got to hear it. I'm, I'm hoping that you realize now that you're not the only one that feels this way. I want you to know I've heard this from so many people that they feel this way or have felt this way. Because life is hard. We weren't sent here because it was going to be easy. We just kind of have to get through it. Make it one more day. One more day. Every single day. But that doesn't mean we have to make it one more day every single day and be miserable. Everybody is different and everybody has different things that make them feel happy. Different things that make them feel loved. I mean, you've heard of the five love languages. I think that everybody has their own language in more than just love. We all have things that set our soul on fire. We also have things that make us feel worse in life. So we need to avoid the things that make us feel worse and soul search for the things that make us happy and live every single day, maybe just a little bit happier than the other. But just remember that if you do have a day that you're not happier than the last, that's not two steps back. It's not one step forward, two steps back. Keep pushing forward. You may, you may stumble and take a slight step back, but you're not moving backwards. Just keep pushing forward. And that's okay. That's life. That's life. Hear that, guys. That is life. No one expects you. And no one has always only taken steps forward. And that's okay. I want to thank you all for listening and supporting this awesome venture I'm on by creating a podcast. I hope that people listening are, you know, needing to hear the things that I'm saying. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Um, I know I'm not the most exciting thing to listen to, so I'm excited to have some guests come on soon. Um, just had to figure out a couple of things with my microphones because I cannot get my second microphone to work. So working on a couple of things here to be able to have guests. Um, yeah, thank you. Also, I know that the audio is not always the best. Um, I'm still learning. So things are just going to keep getting better, hopefully. So anyway, thanks for being patient. Thanks for listening and supporting, and I hope you guys have an awesome day. See ya.